Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. It was time to go, and I was having one of those visceral bodily reactions. I did not want to leave. I had just spent 48 hours nestled in a little cabin in the middle of the woods all by myself on a silent retreat. My body had rested, my mind had rested, and my soul had rested in God. I felt relaxed and slow, peaceful, and content. And now the retreat was over. It was time to pack up and go, but all I wanted to do was stay. The retreat was just last summer, a few months into the pandemic, and what happened there is nothing you would find on a to-do list. I took naps, I took long walks in the woods, I sat in the cabin and listened to the rain on the tin roof. I spent time in prayer. I did some writing. And I spent several hours just sitting on the little screened porch, watching the rain and letting my mind wander. I completely disentangled from all of the chaos of life, including the news and the internet. Now, I kind of like my phone. I like being connected to people with phone calls and texts and emails. But for those 48 hours, I mostly turned it off and took a break. When the retreat ended, I was changed. I was not excited to turn my phone back on. And there was no part of me that wanted to get on the interstate and go anywhere quickly. So I drove away from the retreat with my phone buried deep in my bag. And I took the scenic back roads and saw things I'd never seen before. Every step I took away from the retreat, I just wanted to go back. I wanted to stay in that deep, connected place where I felt God close and the distractions of the world far away. It was a total reset and it left me wondering, how could I get a little piece of this more often without having to go out of town? Could I do a little piece of this at home? After all, I thought Jews observe a Sabbath day each week and many Christians are starting to do the same. Could I do a little mini reset, maybe a day every month? Wow, Melanie, I love this. This sounds amazing. I struggle, though, with Sabbath, especially with two young, very young children at home. It seems as if there's always something else to be done. But with your inspiration from your retreat this summer, I have identified two practices that I return to regularly. 
The first practice is silence in the morning. Yes, even with two kids, a wife, and a dog at home, it seems that no one else is awake at 5 a.m. <laughs> so I use that time for prayer and for silence. I don't even move around a whole lot. I mostly just lay there in silence and pray to be still. Second, I can carve out time for a long, hot bath. These 20 or 30 minutes provide a regular rest from the tasks on my to-do list, as well as a few moments to connect with God. And I also delight in the wonderful smells and the bath salts. Seems as if I easily connect with God during these two practices. Neither lasts too long, 30 minutes to an hour. I always wonder how Jews practice the entire Sabbath day, right? Right, and I think you've just answered my question about how to do it in little pieces. But a day is another story. You know, I wonder what God does on the Sabbath day. I don't think very much, right? Doesn't the text just say that God rested and maybe consecrated and blessed the Sabbath day and called it holy? That's all I'm remembering. Yes, and so what Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3 tell us, and on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of the work that he had done. So God blessed it and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. Hmm. So I'm wondering, maybe for Sabbath time, God takes a bath like you do. <laughs> maybe God plays in the ocean. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, I sometimes imagine that God is going around to all the beautiful waterfalls in the world and just sitting there and watching them. Scripture tells us that God made the world in six days. And so if God worked so hard to create creation, I like to imagine God delighting in these beautiful waterfalls. What do you imagine God does on God's Sabbath? Or what do you imagine God doesn't do on God's Sabbath? Hmm. Well, of course, we also have the example of Jesus. We can't talk about the Sabbath really without talking about Jesus's practice of the Sabbath. He took that rest regularly, Scripture tells us. He retreated from the world. And this brings us to our second scripture, which is Luke 5:15. Now, in this story, Jesus has been healing people. He's just healed a man with leprosy. And Luke says, the word about Jesus had spread abroad. Many crowds would gather to hear him and be cured of their diseases. But Jesus would withdraw to deserted places and pray. He would withdraw from the crowds to these deserted places and pray. I find that really powerful, that sometimes he engages the crowds and he does those healings and he tells stories and parables and teachings, 
but sometimes he withdraws for his own restoration and renewal. As we all know, Jesus grew up in a Jewish society and would have known the commandment to refrain from work on the Sabbath. And Jesus would have been observing the Sabbath commandment his whole life with his family. It was literally woven into the fabric of his society. But even when crowds are coming to him and asking for healing, at times he withdraws. And scripture says he often withdraws to a garden or to a mountaintop. Over and over we hear that. We also hear over and over that Jesus does that withdrawing in order to pray. He didn't just get away from everyone. He got away to pray. In that way, I think Jesus modeled for us how to actively tend our spiritual life and how to actively nourish our relationship with God. I also love, Melanie, how Jesus says in Matthew, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It seems that without a grounding in Sabbath, without a grounding in this commandment, Jesus wouldn't have been able to say that. Jesus offers rest to his followers because he knows how to rest into God. Jesus intentionally cared for his own soul and for his relationship with God. This is a good example for all of us who find ourselves as caregivers of kids, of parents, of spouses, we must make time. We must make time to attend to our own soul and to our own relationship with God. All the work that we do in this world is ultimately God's. God invites us, invites us into God's work in the world. Yet, God tells us we can and must take a break. This reminds me of the day I did nothing. Really, that was the goal. I was on a mountainside in Colorado. It was a part of a week-long hike with a group, and part of the task was to spend 24 hours alone in the Wiminooch Wilderness in Colorado. Now, if you know me, you know I would much rather be spending that entire day talking to all of you rather than sitting on a log on the side of a mountain in Colorado. Yet, with the sun high in the sky, sitting there on a log while journaling, I spent about an hour watching a mason bee travel from flower to flower, And this bee was just going about his business. The bee had no care for me in the world. My work that day in the wilderness was to delight in God's creation and to simply enjoy it. God showed me that I could spend 24 hours alone with God. God gave me that gift, and God calls me back to that experience regularly, not that I listen to it. 
So we hear every Sunday how God calls us to work towards God's promised day in this world. Yet this work is not solely up to us. The work is ultimately God's. We can take a break regularly. God allows us to take a break. Dare God even commands us to stop and to rest. If God rested as a part of creation, if Jesus rested as part of the healing work he did on earth, why do you think it's so hard for us to rest? Yeah. That's the question. <laughs> that's, that's the question. Because so, for many of us, it takes an illness or an injury, right, to slow us down. We won't do it until there's a crisis, and a crisis forces us to stop and to change our ways. Last spring, we had a collective crisis that slowed us down with COVID and the stay-at-home orders. It focused us out of our, it forced us out of our routines. Of course, some people had to work harder, and some people lost their jobs completely, or no longer had to commute, or otherwise had a forced rest staying in. But what's been interesting to observe over the past 11 months is that as time has gone on, we've also realized, a lot of people have realized, they like the slower pace. And so as we've been listening to you all in the congregation and to friends and family, Sally and I and some other staff leaders, Brooke Brundage and others, we started talking about how to get at this slower pace and what would it mean to follow this Sabbath call. And we thought winter would be a perfect time to reflect on all that's happened in the last year and to pause and to reset together as a church family to remember that Sabbath is a gift and that God wants us to delight in the good things in life. I have heard so many of you talk about the silver linings of last year. You are realizing a shift in priorities about what is important in your life and in our communal life together. Some of you have realized that rest is important and that you have rested more because you have simply have more time on your hands. Some of you have expressed realizing how important family time really is. And also time to delight with family through playing of games, watching TV, even weekly Zoom calls I hear you all tell me about. Some of you have realized that not packing the schedule allows space for family and friends and even God to bust in in a more meaningful way. And that's exactly where my retreat came in. I discovered that I needed to slow down regularly, pandemic or no. Our 24-7 culture is so seductive. All of us can use a chance to step outside of that usual pace and the constant barrage of news and information that we're constantly processing. 
We also can step outside of worry and anxiety and fear and some of these things that even if we don't have a fast pace can easily overtake our lives, especially in a time like this. And so to do that work, to actively seek God and to tend our spiritual life. Last summer I walked in the woods and I stared at the trees and I listened to the rain, not because I was bored, but because God was calling me to a deeper place, to a more intimate place and connection with God. God is always inviting us there. Ruth Haley Barton says that God waits just outside the noise and busyness of our lives. I love that. God waits just outside the noise and busyness. So this is the image that I have, that the noise and busyness is all around us and that God is just beyond that. I think God is probably in all of that too, but I think on the other side of that, we find God waiting, waiting on that other side. If we can just clear a path through all of that busyness and distraction, there God is welcoming us, ready, waiting, And so glad that we've finally said yes to taking a pause and to resting in God. And I think that's the amazing thing about Sabbath time. It's a mystery. It's almost like a little adventure we go on inside ourselves. If we can just say yes and show up and clear some of that stuff out of the way, God is there ready for us. Even for those of us who find ourselves stuck inside or stuck in our apartments or even at healthcare facilities that are shut down, Sabbath, this time of Sabbath, is an invitation to a different intention. We can light a candle, we can read through the book of Psalms, or we can even adopt a practice of giving up worry and anxiety in order to lean into the trust that God will see us through. Sabbath practices are a deep well of renewal. And we can even now, in this moment, feel God drawing us beyond that busyness and distraction to just beyond it. Yes. And that's really the invitation we have for you, is to participate in this holy reset in some way. God gave us the gift of rest, and all we have to do is give ourselves the gift of that holy rest. So to that end, we've created, a number of staff have created for you a little booklet and a web page, and there's prayers and readings and sacred music that have been put together. So there are ideas and guidance there if you feel the need for it, if you want it. But our hope, too, is that this holy reset will largely be self directed, that you might spend some time thinking, what is rest for you? What is work for you? What does your soul need right now? And even if this feels totally out of left field, completely awkward, and you're afraid of doing it wrong, there's no way to do it wrong. Just try one or two things. You might go about your day without devices or internet and see how that feels. 
You could see about praying every hour on the hour and what comes up and what prayers come for you, praying that frequently. You could look out the window and see how many colors you notice, even in this winter time. I think it's more colorful than we realize if we just pay attention. Or just stop and listen. What are all the sounds in the world around you? And what do you not notice unless you stop? You could also just try doing nothing. Just see what happens. Just see what comes up in you and what comes up in you related to God. From the beginning of this Holy Reset conversation, those of us who have been talking about it have talked about returning to this theme of reset and Sabbath regularly as a church. We can learn from each other, just as Melanie and I have learned from each other. And we can hear about the ways that God is drawing us all into rest, and to a rest from the work, but also drawing us to delight in God's good creation. Some of you might be wondering, today is the Super Bowl. There's no time to rest today. However, we've playfully discerned and thought that perhaps the Super Bowl could work as a perfect entrance into a Sabbath practice. Three hours of enjoying a game and entertainment, sitting on a couch with lots of snacky snacks around. What would it be like to consider God sitting on the couch with you, enjoying this game and these snacks too? Or perhaps after this morning's worship, you can carve out just a few hours in the early afternoon to, to experiment with Sabbath practices. Yet we also understand if today is not the right day, that it's okay, you can choose a different day, a different time, one that you intentionally set aside for this purpose of Sabbath and reset. You may watch this worship video again, light a candle, grab your journal, and Sabbath another time. Whether it is today, next week, or even every Friday from now on, we invite you into this holy reset experience and ask God to show you the gifts that it brings. So we don't have to go out of town and pack a bag and be on a silent retreat to get pieces of this and to live into God's holy rest and peace. It's great if we can, sure, I highly recommend it. But there are so many things we can do and not do every single day right where we are. This is the journey that we invite you to embark upon, to rest, receive, and rejoice in the holy reset that God intends for all of us, mm -hmm. and God intends for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.